0: And, of course, this is the open line portion of the program. So jump aboard and make a call. What's on your mind these days? We'll be back in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. But first, as our open line feature, Ask George, Tommy's got a couple of questions from our listeners.
1: We're going to fire some things at you. If you have a question, you can email your questions to George at coasttocoastam.com. We just might pick them and ask them on the air. George, Yolanda in Austin, Texas. What do you consider the perfect day off? The perfect day off? Doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing, right?
0: You know, just, you know, puttering around, doing some things with your friends and family and stuff like that. Are you one of those guys that gardens and
1: just... No, I'm not a gardener. I've never
0: been one of those.
1: Okay. Gary in San Francisco, after years of hosting Coast to Coast, does anything surprise you?
0: Actually, no. I mean, I am uh, continually enthralled by the strength of this audience that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. And uh, the fact that we're going on 21 years is remarkable. amazing.
1: I figured you'd get an answer like that. Okay. And Janice in Arcadia, California, if you could erase one thing you've done in your life, what would that be?
0: I'm not telling you, <laughs> but believe me, I would erase it as quickly as I could.
1: I think a lot of people would too. All right, that's it for Ask George this week. Send your questions to com, and I just might pick it and ask it on the air.
0: Back with your calls as we begin Open Lines in just a moment. And welcome back to the Open Line portion of Coast to Coast. George Nori with you. Let's go right to the calls. Let's start with our wildcard caller, Barry in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Hello there, stranger. Hello,
2: Daniel. Great to talk to you as usual.
0: <laughs> how ha- how have you been?
2: I tell you what, I'm getting better every day. Good. And, uh, my future's so bright, I've got to wear shades.
0: I love it. I heard <laughs> you. I heard you were going to head off to a, B, a a a ZZ Top concert, but you didn't make it. What happened?
2: Oh, my gosh, George, and I was telling Tommy the whole story. It's horrifying in certain ways because I still have not seen my number one band after trying for 50 years. 50 years I've been trying to see those guys. But, uh, you know, I had that uh, terrible uh, brain trouble uh, about three months ago and ended up in an emergency room. And spent uh, two weeks in the uh, hospital and then two weeks in rehab. Well, my strength wasn't back good enough, uh, George. And uh, I got to the concert with my buddy, and uh, I had VIP C complimentary. And uh, I had uh, at the parking deal, but I could not get up to the front to park in the VIP. My buddy, he, he was driving, and he'd been drinking and there was cops all over the place. And I was scared to say much. But anyway, sure enough, uh, we ended up getting there two hours early, uh, hung around. I was hurting like crazy. I couldn't walk. We were parked way out of the boondock. It was an outdoor concert. But anyway, sure enough, uh, I had to give up. The emergency uh, squad rescue squad came over and helped revive me. I was half passed out. They, oh, my
0: God. You missed the concert, and you almost died.
2: I, I, and it's the doggone truth. I, I felt real close to death, George. I, I really did. But, John, um, it's no darn shame. I hope Billy us is listening tonight. I'm sorry, Billy. I know you have special. They have, they have some VIP treatment waiting for me, George.
0: I heard he was going to do a shout-out at the concert mentioning you.
2: Yeah, just a of fact, knowing me, I'd have gone up there and sunk a couple of numbers with him.
0: He would have probably I, let you.
2: I know it. <laughs> I can't wait. But anyway, uh, you know, another 80 years here on Earth, I'll get to see him again. All
0: right. Well, I'm glad you're doing well.
2: Well, thank you very much, Tommy, and to all the coaster coasters out there, you guys and gals. Absolutely. they are the best listeners. You're the best responders. You're the best open line people. And I'm glad I got through to you, George. And I love y'all. Goodbye and good luck.
0: Talk to you next time, Barry. Next up, Mike in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Michael, go ahead.
2: Hey, George. Great
3: to be with you. Great to hear from Barry tonight. How are you?
0: I'm good. How's the millennial, the future of the United States?
3: (laughs) want to go that far, but I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And um, real quick, George, before I get to what I was going to talk about, I was just talking to Tom about our friend Annie in Alabama and Michael in Virginia Beach. Have we heard anything from them? We have
0: heard nothing from those two, and I'm concerned about it. I'm told Walt from Pennsylvania called during the weekend a few weeks ago, so he may be okay. but uh, you know, we get attached to these people who call and then when they disappear, you think the worse
3: yeah exactly and you know I was telling Tom you try to not let your mind go there but um you know they just you know add so much to the show Annie in Alabama and you know Michael in Virginia Beach and Louise in Louisville and it's just always so good to hear from them and just really hoping the best for them as well but um but George I actually had a comment um from something uh, with the debate that happened this past week. Did you get a chance to watch the uh, Republican debate?
0: Part of it, but it was boring as all get up.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But um, one thing I was just going to comment on, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, so he was asked to kind of Talk about his thoughts about the fentanyl problem, you know, a crisis that is really affecting our young people right now. Sure is. And he, yeah, and he made a really kind of important response that this is a mental health crisis, you know, more than something that should be politicized. And, you know, I think the real problem is when our young people feel the need to have to turn to getting a Percocet to handle a mental health issue That's more of a problem than, you know, politicizing it. And I think he's really on the right track with that.
0: And also, why in God's name would these dealers put fentanyl in cocaine when they know it could kill their customers? It doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, you know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of it's coming over from Mexico, obviously. And we obviously, you know, I would say to all the young people out there, don't even take a Tylenol. From somebody you don't know, you never know what could be in it. And um, we just got to be careful. But, you know, there is a mental health crisis in this country with our young people. And I think we really have to address it. And um, the, the fact that so many of our young people are turning to pills, to illicit pills, to help themselves cope with mental illness is a real issue. And it's something we really have to take a strong look at.
0: Did you ever try it? Pills?
3: Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was on Ritalin for uh, ADHD. But uh, you know, I, I yeah,
0: But that was prescribed for you, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. But it was a very short period of time, and I think we have we have an overprescribing problem in this country. I think too many doctors, you know, are making money from overprescribing kids. And you know, you've had so many guests on that have talked about that too. But um,
0: yeah, it's it's an issue, George. Yeah. All right, my friend, stay strong. Thank you, George. Mike in Denver. Next up, we've got Mark in Las Vegas. There you go, Marco. Go, go ahead.
4: Hey, George. Hey, it's uh, thanks. Um, it's really great to talk to you again. It's been a while. I'm glad I got through. Thank you. Um, and uh, with, um, you know, the exorcism, uh, you know, that was the topic tonight. It reminded me of something that happened to me uh, uh, back in the uh, summer of uh, 1990 uh, when I was working in Atlantic City. And... Uh, uh, I was working for the Sands at that time and they purchased uh an old uh, hotel, uh the uh, Jefferson Hotel. And uh, uh they were in the process of uh it out and uh turning it into uh, personnel uh offices and um uh they had um you know I was security there and uh and then they had an outside uh security uh officer working at the uh, Jefferson building and um uh, and I used to go over there uh, when I had a chance to check on him and see how he's doing and bring him a cold soda or whatever, and because uh, they didn't have any electric on there or anything at the time. And um, but the place was very haunted and and very creepy, and uh, uh, you know uh, we we experienced uh, uh, a lot of things there. And um, uh, the one night we were doing a tour, walking around and uh, talking about it, and uh, and then we got talking about. Um, exorcisms and uh and you know from movies that we saw in the past and all that we were trying to remember um uh what the, the the priests uh say uh to perform an exorcism and you know we were talking back and forth you know seeing if we could remember uh the right words and uh, uh i remember at one point i was uh saying you know in, a, in the name of jesus christ uh Identify yourself and those kinds of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, we were on the second floor, and um, and all of a sudden, you know, it was really quiet. But all of a sudden, we heard this really loud uh, uh, whap, whap, whap. And it was coming from like the center part of the building where there's no windows, no air, nothing like that. And so we followed the noise, and um, and uh, the, 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 they had like a drop ceiling uh, that was still not complete yet, and uh, there's a, a big, heavy piece, of uh, uh, a length of a conduit uh, hanging down from the ceiling, and it was, like, real violently and seemed like it was angrily and violently just swinging back and forth, uh, uh, you know, really hard and, and, and hitting the ceiling uh, as it was doing it and and then it slowed down a little bit at a time and then it finally just stopped and we just like looked at each other like
0: what
4: <laughs> 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 it was like really creepy and 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 uh uh, uh I, I, th- I think when i uh you know used you know uh, when i when i was saying uh, jesus uh, name i uh, i think that disrupted something or did something.
0: It you did know, something. Were like, you were you at the Sands when Adelson owned it?
4: Oh, pardon me, George. Were
0: you at the Sands when Adelson owned it?
4: Oh no, uh, um, uh, the the Sands um, uh, that I was at was in Atlantic City.
0: Ah, okay, not in you know, And um,
4: uh, Icon uh, Carl Icon uh, was the last owner uh, when I was working there um, uh, before it was sold to uh, Pinnacle and uh but then nothing ever happened afterwards and uh uh that's where, where, you know they're going to do a uh big uh project there and uh you know they tore the building down and um they're gonna uh, make like a big mega resort but then that's when this was like around 2007 uh when everything kind of like collapsed and all that and uh, the banks didn't come through with their money right and, uh so not, they never did anything there i I, I, I heard from a, a show, a, um, a limo driver. Um, I saw him years later. Uh, he used to come to the Sands and we used to talk a lot and then I saw him again and, and I was saying, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why they uh, tore that building down. It was making money. I said they could have, um, kept it open. And, uh, they started building from the boardwalk out and, and still kept it open while they were building. Uh, you know, they could have kept it open longer. And he looked at me kind of funny and he says, uh, uh, don't, don't you know what happened? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said "He said they they, they uh, uh, tore it down, he said, because it was haunted, you know, which was true. <laughs> there was a lot of experiences there. But apparently there was a lot of really weird things going on there. And they, uh, I experienced some of them, and so did other people.
0: <laughs> they didn't want anything to do with it. Thanks, Mark. And then, of course, they tore the sands down and built the Venetian and Palazzo in that spot. Tom, you got text and tweets? What do you got? Yeah, George,
1: uh, Carrie in Newport Beach wants to know if you've ever played with a Ouija board. (sighs) And then I want to ask you something when you're done answering.
0: Let me qualify this. Played with a Ouija board? No. Did I ever have one out and, you know, dabble with it? Yes. And I mentioned this story when I was at my uh, local radio station in St. Louis as the Nighthawk. I had a Ouija board in the set, and my producer at the time, you know Howard, had the Ouija board in the set with me. Everything went wrong. The cart machines that we used to play the commercials off of jammed up. The board that we had all the microphones connected to was all screwed up. Everything went wrong, and I looked at Howard, and I'm on the air, and I said, Howard, Take this board and get rid of it. I may have said a few other words. So he took the board and he left. He came back. I went to a commercial. Everything started working again. Cart machines, the board, everything was fine once that Ouija board was out of there. I said, what would you do with it? He said, well, I gave it to Daryl. Daryl, <laughs> of course, was Daryl was our news guy, Okay.
1: And so everything's going wrong for Daryl.
0: Three days later, Daryl got fired.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's and, not and funny. we meet,
0: but... meet Daryl about two weeks later at a restaurant. We go up. We all. We both go up to him. I said, Daryl, how you doing? He says, Honestly, and I said, Yeah, how you doing? He said, Ever since I got that Ouija board from Howard, my life <laughs> has been down the tubes. And right. He didn't. He, he didn't say down the tubes, by the way, but
1: um, <laughs> I bet not. Okay, so I'm curious, why do you think it's so hard for just a certain section of people to not just look at a Ouija board and just say, it's just a piece of cardboard?
0: Well, that's what I used to say, but it's the intention that does it. And it is, it's just a game, it's a piece of cardboard, but it's the intention... That brings that strength together, and uh, I'll never dabble with them again.
1: Yeah, but you and Howard would not have had any bad intention. You wouldn't want your radio show to go wacko.
0: It somehow had some power from it.
1: Strange stuff.
0: You got it. Okay. East of the Rockies, let us go to Joe in New Hampshire. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Hello,
5: George. Before I get to why I called, uh, just wondering, how's your mom doing?
0: She's fine. 94, still going strong.
5: You know, 94, and she's still very cognizant and functional.
0: Yep, yep, and drives.
5: And drives. Well, you're really blessed, and so is she. And Thank I, uh, you. I wish you, her Jim. all the luck. I mean, you know, maybe she has a good shot at 100. You never know.
0: The way she's going, she could be. She'll pass us all up.
5: Maybe 105, 110. <laughs> every now and then they have someone on uh, the media because it's so rare, and, uh, you know, you, you hear about uh, these individuals. Well the reason why i called um I talked with you over a month ago. I called about that uh YouTube video the night of the r f k assassination with Walter Cronkite
0: right right You're right Did you
5: have a chance to uh research that at I, all? I
0: i did I didn't research it, but I did look at it fascinating. I'm gonna look at it again too. It's a great story yeah.
5: it it's a great it's a great uh recount and if you really uh you know I've watched it twice. Uh, you get the strong impression that there was another shooter there. But, of course, in the days that followed, the whole investigation seemed to just get botched or, you know, ignored. And they came up with one shooter. But with the eyewitness account, you know, directly after with the interview, and even Walter Cronkite said at the end of the uh, uh, newsreel, that in the days coming, you know, other shooters, you know, might be revealed based on you know what he heard. But it, it all changed after that.
0: But, yeah, I think there were more than one shooter. And Sirhan Sirhan listens to our show on a regular basis. He got yeah, he, he passed the parole board, but the governor nixed it.
5: Yeah, and he's you still know, in jail. It, it, it sounds to me like. He he was there, and he was shooting, and he shot a lot of different people. Uh, they all survived. But there was another shooter that was there for the kill shots, and he was just a distraction. Right, team.
0: and he may not even have known about the other shooter, which is so bizarre. But uh, we got to take this break, Joe, and we'll come back and chat more on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Open Lines. George Norrie with you, by the way. Just wanted to remind you, starting next week, We will start soliciting your ghost-to-ghost stories. This is how it works. You email the story in to us. Tom selects them, gets back to you, gets you on the show on on, uh, Halloween night, which uh, is going to be the end of October, October 31st. We're going to have a guest for a couple hours and then two hours of ghost to ghost but we'll start soliciting some of your stories for some of you. We'll also be taking impromptu calls as well, but that's what we'll be doing. Live on Thanksgiving, live on Christmas night. Weekend, guys, will be live on Christmas Eve and on Christmas, on New Year's Eve as well. Let's go to the phones. Our buddy Cornelius in Louisiana is with us. Hello there, Mr. White. How are you doing?
6: <laughs> George, boy, I'm doing fine now that I heard from Barry and Mike the Millennial. He's the future of the show and everything, along with all the other callers and listeners. And I was just telling Tommy, it's good to hear Barry, boy. Barry, he's he's fighting back, and he knows we're praying for him and everything. And we need to pray for Mr. Ron in Tennessee and Miss Donna with the devil on her and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, we do. We almost lost Barry though, didn't we?
6: Yeah. <laughs> We don't need to lose him. We need to keep him just like your mom. Keep him going a 100. Hey, George, I wanted to talk to the guy, the Archbishop. Uh, was it Ron or Don? Ron. Archbishop,
0: oh, Ron. Archbishop Ron.
6: Okay. But, you know, like I tell everybody, I'm the God, guns, the gold man, the Bible, bullets, and beans man telling everybody to get ready. And Joe from Monterey, California, he's a big spiritual warrior you one question did you hear the demon in the video that i that the guy sent you
0: yes oh you did hear the demon. well, well if, if whatever it was i heard it let me just <laughs> let me say it like that
6: <laughs> well it wasn't me and what my connie willis said it was my grumbling stomach i hadn't ate so that's what connie willis said. <laughs> but anyway i'm glad you heard it i'm glad they got it to you this so, is what i wanted to bring out I believe that angels are billions of years old and stuff. And if you look at it, let's say there were 3 billion angels that started out with God. Then two-thirds of them stayed with God, but they said a third of them fell. So you got one-third, that's one billion demonic angels or devils or demons or whatever you want to call them. And what's been happening, George— It seems like they're coming out more. There's a show on CBS called Evil, and they take a black priest and a white female psychologist, and they try to do the same thing the archbishop was talking about and everything. And like I said, I've been under demonic attack or demonic depression and satanic suicide. I'm going to tell the whole audience. I I wanted to just end it all about a month or so ago. I was just so depressed.
0: A month ago? Are you kidding me?
6: That's why I wanted to go to the hospital. But I'm fine now. I can tell you this, George. Your audience praying for me helped me more than anything else. But the devil, just like uh, Joe from Long Island was saying, he can get like he got into Paul's side. It could have been the side of his head. And God said, by my grace and mercy, you, you know, you'll make it instead of taking that thorn away from his head and stuff. So by the power of prayer using Jesus Christ, you can overcome a lot of things. I pray for Miss Donna and Ron. It seems like they're under demonic attack and everything. And for anybody in the Coast to Coast audience that's under demonic attack, read Psalm 91, the prayer of protection. Read the large prayer in Matthew 6. Today is the 30th of September. There are 31 Proverbs in the Bible. So read the one for today is the 30th. And then they got, like I said, one for each day. But, George, you can see the devil, he's roaming all over the land and everything. I think, just like Donna said, in the next two or three to five years, the Antichrist will be shown and uh, I don't know if you heard this, MIT has a chip now where they can put all your medical and money information on this chip to put in your hand or your head. So it's coming, Big Bad George, it's
0: coming. We'll fight it as much as we can, Corny.
6: George, love coast-to-coast AM.
0: All right, my friends, stay healthy. Tom, text and tweets, and let me ask you this before you uh, go with your text or tweet. You're the front line of defense from callers who are very depressed, suicidal. What do you do with those initial calls?
1: Um, I try to talk them into not doing anything that would be dumb, I guess. I'll term it. I, You know, we've had a few. I, I just talked to one last week, and I, I just tell them you don't want to do that. And I try to give them positive reasons why they should not do that
0: you have one last week great the listener who said to you i'm paraphrasing you you guys are real you're the real thing you care about people
1: he did he uh he had my number and and he texted me and he was gonna end it and i just i tried to say some positive things and he texted me back and he said you know what i feel better does he keep in touch? He said that. Every once in a while he does. Every once in a while I said, if you ever need to talk, you know, I mean, it's kind of what we do, right? That's the rule. Keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, JJ in New Mexico, do you think people can control their evil thoughts?
0: Most people can. I think there are some people who can't. Those are the ones who are under demonic possession. But I think most people can can control evil thoughts. Have you ever, and I am to be specific. But have you ever had a thought of, you know, really upset with someone and you said to yourself, God, I could kill that guy.
1: Yeah, I think everybody has like tongue and cheek. I don't think they actually think, hey, give me a weapon. I want to kill them.
0: Go out and do it or yeah. anything like that. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I think everybody has. Why do we do that? Because we get pushed to a point where you're just so frustrated You've got to let, something's got to give. you got to let something out, and it's a lot better to say something like that than to go and do something like that. Do you have a road rage? No. Well, I, <laughs> no, I don't, but I talk to myself and, you know, kind of say, hey.
0: I've never seen you driving with you occasionally. I've never seen you road rage.
1: That's because I, I just, I, I don't know, I just think people that are not polite on the road are just, You know, I don't even want to say what I think about them, but I just, I just sit back and I just, you know, I don't want to get mad. I just want to drive.
0: Did you see that Russell Crowe movie where he was the uh, road (laughs) rager?
1: Yeah. Great movie. What an actor.
0: Good actor. Yeah. We still got to get him on the show. He gave me his phone number.
1: We'll keep calling him.
0: He's in Australia or he's all over the map. He's all over the place.
1: That would be fun. He'd be a good, a good guest.
0: You know who also gave me his number Who? and wants to come on the show? Kelsey Grammer.
1: Oh, yeah. He just started up, I think, a new uh, edition of Frasier.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah. Get him. Let's it's on, go.
0: It's on stream.
1: Oh, but he's a nice guy. What do you think of streaming? What do I think of streaming? Yeah. I think you, it's fantastic. I think like it? Yeah. I, I like variety. I, I think there's a lot of not great stuff out there, but I, I like variety and I like choice. How would
0: you like to have been the chairman of the board of Blockbuster Television? Never. When In some 20, some 25-year-old kid working for your company comes to you and says, Mr. Danheiser, I think the future is not these stores and DVD rentals, but this technology where it's people at home, they just push a little button on their clicker and they get the movie and it just shows up. That's what we should be doing. And I bet he said, kid, you're nuts. We got too much invested with bricks and mortar.
1: There was not a bigger boat missed than that that I can think of. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I remember the stores, and I, I just remember it all. It
0: big, big, horrible. biggest, Biggest pas I've ever seen.
1: More, all those people that are out of jobs. Yep. Horrible.
0: Back to the phones. Let's go to our buddy Jeremy in North Dakota. Hello there. Hello, George.
7: I have a couple things I want to mention. All right. On October 5th, this year, I have an appointment scheduled with a neuropsychologist to be reevaluated for my competency. And my first question is can we still have a prayer chain that will ask God to grant me my rights back?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
7: And my second thing is, can I mention the uh, web page I've developed to inform other people to save their lives? Yep. It's k i a r i o. dot info.
0: Now, when you have this evaluation, by the way, is it going to be done by a group of people or one person?
7: It's going to be done by one person, but it starts at 8 a.m. and lasts pretty much all day.
0: All right. You let that person know that you regularly call a talk show called Coast to Coast where they put you on and you've talked about your situation, your accident, your coma, and that you're a regular contributor to the show. That'll help you.
7: Well, thank you for the advice.
0: Yep. Let them know that.
7: I I will uh, give my evaluator your phone number, so she can probably call you if she needs.
0: Yeah, if advice. they need that, uh, absolutely. And once they legally determine you're mentally competent, what does that do for you?
7: That gives me back the the right to um, access more of my settlement money because I've always I have my uh bachelor's degree that I earned in uh 2001 in wildlife fishes biology and I want to build a RV hunting ranch in uh New Mexico or Colorado.
0: Why are you what doing do you on do? that crazy stock you bought?
7: Uh it's fluctuating every now and then it Goes up and down a few thousand dollars, but I in uh, December it's projected to be making. If I sell it then, then I'll probably be a billionaire or more.
0: Jeremy, I got an email once from somebody who wanted to know how your accident occurred. Why don't you just tell us that one more time?
7: Okay, on December 8, 2003. I was driving my Kia Rio up an icy hill. Where? Pickups started to slide down the hill at me.
0: Where were you, North Dakota?
7: I was just northeast of Midwest Wyoming. Okay. And the Ford slid clear across my lane, hit my Kia Rio, head onto my shoulder at about 25 miles an hour. All right. The airbag and the seatbelt in my Kia Rio did not work at all. Immediately, I was in a coma for two and a half months. When I woke up from the coma, they told me I broke both femurs, shot both kneecaps, broke a foot, almost got my left pinky cut off, and injured my little
0: brain. And did you have a passenger with you?
7: Nope, I didn't have a passenger with me.
0: You're all by the yourself. Doctor,
7: the doctor's best projections for me was that I was going to be a human vegetable the rest of my life. And I had a truncated lifespan of, at the most, 32. And I am now, on August 9th, 2023, I turned 48, and I am far from healing fixed.
0: You're still going strong, and you're getting better and better.
7: I I am healing at God's pace.
0: How are your motor skills? Are you walking with a walker or a cane or anything like that?
7: I have a uh, four-wheeled ventilator that I use to walk around my house, and I feel confident that I could walk on my own if I had to, but it's nice to have those two handles in front of me to make sure I don't trip and fall.
0: What do you look like? Do you have a beard or anything like that?
7: I have a goatee. That's it? Um, Yep. When when I... uh, take my showers, I shave in the shower, and I do that without a mirror, and I think I do pretty good.
0: Short hair? Long hair?
7: Um, I'm going bald.
0: All right, I'm trying to picture you.
7: Oh, you know what I'll do? I will uh, email uh, you, you and Tom a uh, video I've made of me of pictures of me in the last few years, some
0: All right, and give out your website one more time.
7: The web address is www.kiario.info. dot info, and that kiario stands for no information accurately. Rec
0: initiate Out. All right, you stay healthy, my friend. We're going to come back with more Open Lines in just a moment here on Coast to Coast AM. Tom's got another text or tweet that we'll do when we come back as well. Later in the program, Barbara Lamb joins us to talk about some UFO activity. But we've got more Open Lines next.